Hello to all my marvelous mobile mavens. Welcome to episode four of the Listen to Cedric Say podcast. I'm your host, Cedric Say. The world of mobile isn't slowing down one bit, and I have a feeling it's just getting started. 2020 is looking to be a watershed year for the whole industry. Let's explore these new amazing capabilities coming to you in today's Talk Type Game Changers. First up for your January 3rd, 2020, is Apple versus Qualcomm. Apple now owns Intel's former modem business. Uh, the deal included uh, patents, hardware, and some of the staff. And just, that's good. So people got to keep the jobs. Um, uh, basically, uh, I guess this is in a, a response to 5G. Uh, that's what Intel was working on. They were kind of Intel's had a rough year. Uh, they've been getting beat up by uh, AMD. They've been uh, as well as uh, Qualcomm, uh, basically because the ARM processing technology is now capable of running Windows and doing all these capable uh, things that only Intel processors used to be capable of. Um, so they've been feeling a lot of heat. Um, they also, I guess, d didn't really do well with the whole 5G patent thing. Um, and I guess they didn't have any more money to sink into it. Uh, so they sold it to Apple. Uh, apparently at a big loss uh, is what was reported but apple now owns it and it seems to be that apple will be looking to make their own custom 5g solution uh, at some point not this year we'll think they'll still have some qualcomm chips this year um, but uh, they'll look uh, the rumor is is that they will have their own in-house solution um, probably by 2021 2022 time frame um, but also in a response uh, to qualcomm uh, qualcomm's new 865 in a basically their prototype model or prototype testing board uh, actually bested uh, Apple's uh, current A13 Bionic uh, chip. Um, digging into it, uh, it looks like the CPU of the 865 uh, was uh, bested the uh, whatever Apple solution uh, for their CPU is in their A13. Um, but the uh, GPU, the thing that does all the graphics, actually, uh, Apple's A13's GPU was still a little bit better than uh, the A65's Adreno uh, chip, the 650 GPU that they have. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just it's, it's interesting because Apple's always uh, they always talk about their lead, their advantage in uh, in processing and overall hardware. But it looks now not only has Qualcomm caught up to them, but they are actually surpassing them in certain key areas. And um, you know, while the GPU uh, did do uh, really well, and uh, it is typically believed that with uh, by overclocking the GPU. Um, that it could actually surpass Apple's uh, just in raw processing power, as well as this was a prototype board from uh, Qualcomm. Uh, so the uh, actual processor seems to fare a lot better inside of real hardware in the field uh, from ma manufacturers like Samsung and LG and Motorola. Um, they, when they actually put something together, they you know, add a little enhancements, they play around with it to uh, get all the performance they can out of it with their software tweaks and hardware tweaks. Uh, so we actually expect there to be even more power in uh, this year's uh, Android phones. Uh, so yeah, it should be pretty interesting. Um, the, uh, uh, not to be outdone though, the uh, uh, rumor mill for the A14 Bionic processor, you know, name, you know, could be different but right, right now that's what the rumor mills using because the most likely most likely is what it's going to be called uh, uh, the new upcoming processor from apple um, is rumored to be a beastly thing so we will have to see how long uh, uh, qualcomm can press this advantage um, but yeah it's just nice to see and uh, that the, the pretty much apple dominance is a bit over in that aspect and we'll actually be able to compete purely on services and uh, cons consumer experience going forward the second game changer for today is uh, actually comes from DFly. 
Um, they are actually uh, DeFly Group has uh, announced a a hyper scooter. So trying to in a new startup in the scooter market, looking like they're trying to um, uh, be the the highest spec scooter out there. Basically, there this is for definitely for the uh, the uh, the cost is no object crowd. Uh, as it should be uh, come to market at a uh, with a five thousand dollar price tag to be the make it the most expensive scooter I believe, um, but if anybody knows about anything even more expensive, let me know. But so basically, when it comes to market, it should definitely be the most expensive scooter out there. But if you know of anything more expensive, let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it, they are uh, backing it up with uh, premium materials like carbon fiber. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Polonia wood i guess it's kind of really really nice wood and spray grade aluminum uh, i guess it's supposed to be really light as well as the carbon fiber and very strong uh, so it's going to need to be it looks like the top speed is listed at 38 miles per hour which is wild on a scooter and it's supposed to have a battery that lasts up to 28 and a half miles so um, that that sounds amazing uh, spec wise from, from the limited that i limited information that i have about scooters but that's a that's definitely a way to stay mobile um, and it looks like it's supposed to have like some um, specialized steering solution based on Formula One race cars, kind of three-dimensional steering control. Not sure exactly what that is, but sounds very premium. Um, and I, I hope they succeed. Yeah, this thing sounds pretty cool. I would like to get my hands on one at least to try it out. Uh, and if it costs, if truly is no object for you, you can go ahead and pre-order one right now for a hundred bucks. Um, it is a refundable pre-order. So, yeah, if you do, you know, feel free to let me know. Uh, I would love to review it. And give you a shout out. Third game changer is uh, update to previous game changer. Probably be the same game changer for the whole year because 5G ain't going nowhere. Uh, but basically more about the 5G rollout. Give you the current stats. Uh, looks like first up Verizon. Uh, they got partial coverage in 30 cities and 13 NFL stadiums. Um, for the tech heads out there, they're, they're running at uh, 28 gigahertz and 39 gigahertz bands. Um, so they're going for the... Um, the fast, uh, the very very fast uh, level of service, um, and while they um, they're implementing the fastest version possible of the 5G uh, technology, looks like they'll be looking to add more 4G towers through 4G small cell, which uh, to kind of help the coverage, you know, get into more rural areas and also help with the speed gaps in between, you know, 100 uh, megabits a second to about uh, 500 megabits a second to kind of fill in the gap there with uh, their 5G running at around one gigahertz. Um, it looks like next up, AT&T, uh, they got partial coverage in 19 cities, uh, running at the 38 gigahertz band. Um, plans to also, they won an auction uh, late last year to uh, get a portion uh, of the 24 gigahertz band. So you'll be seeing installations for that soon as well. Sprint, they have full coverage in nine cities using a much slower 800 megahertz band. Uh, they plan to use the uh, mid-band frequencies 1.9 gigahertz and 2.5 gigahertz soon. And last but not least is uh, T-Mobile. They have their nationwide coverage at the very, very slow 600 megahertz band. Um, they do plan to get into the ultra wide band or uh, yeah, ultra wide band action um, with the two twenty uh, with a portion of the 28 gigahertz band, a portion of 39 gigahertz bands here in the future. But yeah, man, it's still all over the place as far as 5G, uh, the service offerings from the various carriers. Um, but I think if you're if you're looking if you're not afraid of uh, new technology and you're you're looking to make my, you know the next move because first move would have been early last year. Um, but if you're not quite that brave um, and you want something a little more practical for your money, 
uh, this year will be a good year to, to jump into it because uh, they're going to, uh, with the new Qualcomm processors, they're cross-carrier, so it's a little more consumer-friendly and safe in case you want to switch carriers, whatnot, um, or you just want to you know, travel around the world. It'll be good to have one of those cross-carrier phones that supports all three of the uh, all three of the band styles, the uh, low-band, mid-band, and the ultra-wide-band. So yeah, definitely uh, good to get into it this year sometime. It'll, of course, I'll be updating that for probably all year as far as uh, the new phones, new technologies, and the uh, update as far as the, the coverage of the maps and the performance of the carriers. So stay tuned for more of that. The next game changer is near and dear to my heart. So we got Motorola back in the news. Um, sort of good news, sort of bad news, but not really bad news, um, at least the way they're spinning it. So they said they had a delay in the head of delay in announcing the pre-order date and launch date um, due to greater than expected demand, which I, I think there's a lot of validity to that. Looking at the uh, what everybody there, uh, everybody's just uh, loving loving this thing hard online already and they haven't even gotten it in their hands yet or even gotten the pre-order date um but yeah th everyone's just really excited for this phone <laughs> and uh i thought motorola is like hey we got to do this right we got a lot of eyes on it so but yeah they, ever since the teaser in november there's um, been a lot of people eagerly awaiting uh this phone um and it's got a ton of positive press so i hope so it works out for them um but yeah definitely be putting my pre-order in because um, it's just be cool to have and uh, just cool to collect something um, something like that that's a uh, reminiscent of the old razor definitely gonna have modern specs though so it's definitely updated in every way not only the screen foldable screen uh, but it's big so 6.2 inch screen so definitely practical um, it's uh, supposed to cost around 1500 at launch um, there'll probably be different promotions and things that you can do trade-ins and whatnot um, as it will be a Verizon exclusive so only on the Verizon can you get the updated Motorola razor uh, 2020 phone so the world of mobile can be very complex in order to make your next mobile experience easier and more productive let me demystify common aspects of mobile technology for you today let's learn more about porting phone numbers porting phone numbers can be an easy process but there are some things you should know to ensure you don't lose your phone number all you will need in most cases to validate a port request as they call it is your account number Okay, very important. It can be found on your bill, uh, online, on the app, uh, different things like that. Everybody does it a little bit differently, but you can you need your account number and your account PIN or passcode. Uh, normally like a four-digit or six-digit PIN code or a full passcode. That's like eight characters of letters and numbers. Um, having those two things is a great start, and it will expedite any uh, port over um, to a new carrier. Uh, there are some situations where the previous carrier will require either more time to process the request or have to verify you in a person-to-person -person call instead of just the automated process. Um, they're getting a little bit more serious about their security, so I think it's overall a good thing, but it can slow down the process just a bit. Ask your new carrier for more details and assistance with the port process in these kinds of instances. As far as the rules that carriers have to play by, it's all at the federal level through the FCC. And uh, some of those rules we're going to go over next, uh, but they govern uh, who can port and where, who can port be ported, what can be ported to where, because um, it's all kind of based on local stuff. Um, basically, the FCC uh, says that there are a couple guidelines uh, to follow. Basically, um, what carriers can and can't not do. Um, basically, they have to allow you to port your number as long as all the criteria is met. Um, and there's near, not nearly anything they can do to stop you from porting your number. But there are some things to watch out for. So FCC, the FCC says uh, that carriers can charge a fee 
um, for either allowing the port request or processing the port request. In my experience, that's not really something that you have to worry about. Um, uh, most carriers, uh, they try to earn your business back or keep you from porting if they sense that you're trying to port from them. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen anybody have to actually pay for it. Now, you do want to make sure that your number is active. So you, you want to make sure your, your bill is current, you know, and uh, if you're a prepaid customer, especially, you want to make sure that the account is not only active, but the service on it is active because it won't be a, in a portable state if it's not uh, the phone number itself cannot make phone calls from your current phone at the time. Another big thing to watch out for, porting out does close out lines. It does it automatically. So when you port out, the phone number goes to a new carrier and that line is closed. So if it's a multi-line account that you're porting from, it'll just close out that number. But you got to watch out if there are any agreements on that number, contracts, anything like that. Again, the FCC mandates that they have to let you port. But if you have any existing contracts or agreements, you got to make sure that those are fulfilled before you do that. Um, so, if a, for example, if a phone and you still owe money on it, like hundreds of dollars, and you just pour it out, you're going to – somebody, whoever, either you or whoever owns that account is going to get a bill for that entire amount. So, you just have to watch out for that sort of thing. Or if you have a lease agreement uh, through someone like Sprint, uh, you just want to make sure that you, you're following all those guidelines so that uh, you think a phone's paid off and it's not. You just want to make sure by, by checking with your old carrier just to make sure that, um, what the stipulations are for when you pour it out. Uh, but the most important thing, don't cancel your number again. Uh, like the first point, you have to has to be active, so don't cancel anything. But just kind of figure out how to ask them questions about it um, without making it like an obvious thing. Um, and the biggest thing, so um, not something that we run into a bunch um, in my, my experience, but if you are moving from state to state or from even city to city, um, uh, the, the FCC has, has regulates ports by geographical area. So uh, the carriers are only uh, obligated to ensure that you can port numbers within a certain like metropolitan or, or geographical area. So you just want to make sure that uh, you check with your future carrier to see uh, for where you're coming from, are you able to also switch to that network? Because network agreements change their frequencies that they can use and where they can use them change throughout the country based on um, economic areas. Um, there's like 400 different ones, so there, you know, there, there are multiple areas within states and um, in counties even, so depending on how dense the county is. So just definitely make sure that if you're moving to a different city or especially if you're moving to a different state um, that you check with your and, your and your switching carriers, check with that carrier to make sure that you can get service there um, and they can keep your phone number so you don't lose it or, or just pr be prepared to make other arrangements if you have to move and it's not a possibility for you. Or maybe if you can stay with your current carrier and keep your number, it just, you know, just make sure you check that out first. All right, and we're actually going to introduce a new segment for you today. Um, we're going to call it One Cool Thing. And basically, if you have, for those folks that just want to know more about their phone, I'll be telling you one interesting thing about your phone every episode. So today's one cool thing is that every mobile device has a section in its settings uh, that will show you the vital information about that device, such as the mobile telephone number or MTN or just phone number for short. Um, it'll show you important things like the SIM card information, no matter if it's a removable SIM or integrated SIM, as well as uh, the IMEI information, which is very important to, uh, for checking things like uh, compatibility with other networks and um, uh, different things like that. It's your, your phones, basically the name of your phones, your, your individual the name of your phone that only your phone has. Um, and the placement is different 
in settings for uh, every phone. Um, even uh, with Apple, you have different versions running on uh, uh, different version numbers. They kind of switch things around a little bit from uh, major update to major update. So just you know, be aware of where it is in case you need that information. Um, but it's always at your fingertips. Uh, feel free to let me know where you find yours. All right, my marvelous mobile mavens, that does it for this episode. You're officially invited to hit me up on IG at cedricmobile.tech to let me know what you think about today's episode and what you want to learn about next. Till next time, know that I appreciate our time together. Stay informed, stay hungry, and most importantly, stay mobile. Bye-bye.